This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 568. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 568. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. It's the first Monday of August. Oh my goodness. It seems like summer started like two days ago. How are we here? I'm so delighted to be kicking off a new month with you. And I'm super excited that we are to the third month of our summer series, Lead Like a Mother. So I created this series so that every week this summer, I could bring you bite-sized curriculum to help you get out of your own way, retrain your brain, and lean into leadership in all the areas where you are already a leader in your life because you are already a leader, and also perhaps some new areas where you've been feeling a pull toward leadership. And I'm really excited about what we're talking about this month because we are talking about leaning into leadership. Like That's where we're digging in all month long, and we need to be talking about this. So if you haven't listened to June and July, our, the rest of our summer series, the first two months of curriculum, in June, we talked about getting out of your own way. In July, we talked about retraining your brain. And all these episodes are amazingly supportive of what we're going to talk about in August. No need to listen to them all in order. Listen to them as you can in whatever order works for you. But just know that if this content today is impactful to you and interesting, you will also really dig the stuff from June and July. So definitely go back and listen when you have a moment, if you haven't already done so, because all of this content together works very well for your summer series curriculum to really lead you into leadership as a series. And as you move into this fall and move forward out of this crazy, wild, 
unprecedented pandemic time that we are all trying to figure out as we go. So I want to set you up to be successful and however you want to lead as you move into this new phase, this new season where all of us are trying to figure out like, where do we go from here? So this week, for the first week of August, for leaning into leadership, we will be talking about why we shy away from leading. Why do women and moms shy away from leading? So that's what we're going to talk about the first week. The second week of August, we will be talking about four steps to become a better leader. The third week in August, we're going to talk about four more steps to become a better leader. So I have eight steps total, and I'm breaking that into two parts so that you can take it all in, put some things into action and feel like you're not totally overwhelmed by the content. And then the fourth week of August, we're going to talk about owning your struggles and stories. And this is so key and gives you so much power and leadership. So for the fifth week of August, we are going to talk about our whole entire summer curriculum. We're going to really pull out and synthesize like, what does this all mean from beginning to end, getting through these three months of curriculum, talking through these three really robust topics of getting out of your own way, retraining your brain and leaning into leadership. And we're going to talk about some of the key takeaways as we piece those three months of content together. So that's what we have on the docket. We have a big month here. So keep listening. Of course, every Wednesday, I will also be bringing you an interview with a fabulous guest. So you can stay tuned for that. So that's what's happening this month in the Shameless Mom Academy. So with all that said, I want to talk about why women shy away from leading. That's what we're going to work on today. That's where we're digging in. And the first thing I want to say about this is it's really interesting to me when I talk to women about leadership and when I listen to women talk about leadership, there's not like oftentimes women are like, yeah, no, thanks. Like, there's not always a ton of excitement around like, oh, let me like show up and lead and take charge. Some of us innately have that in us. I'm one of those people. But even as one of those people who does thrive in leadership and really needs to be leading and enjoys being in control of things, there's also weight that comes with it, right? So when someone's like, hey, do you want to lead this thing? I'm like, no, that sounds like a lot of work. And also, yes, kind of. So it's not like when we are presented with opportunities to lead, we're typically just jumping for joy. Sometimes yes, but a lot of times no, like it sounds scary and daunting and potentially vulnerable and time consuming and energy consuming. And it presents itself with a lot of unknowns and unpredictability and all sorts of things. So we shy away from leading for sure. And I think we need to dig into that so that we can look at why don't I want to become more of a leader? Why do I maybe shrink a little bit when opportunities present themselves? And what is that all about? And how am I holding myself back? Because leading is not about overextending yourself and like signing up to be in charge of all the things which some of us are really good at. <laughs> it is not about that at all. It's about choosing to show up in certain capacities in ways where you can have the most impact. So it means that you have really good boundaries. There's going to be a lot of things that you say no to when it comes to leadership, but there's going to be a few key things that you say yes to where you are going to have that level of discernment to know that this is where my voice matters most. This is where I want to show up and shine. This is where I have something to say. My voice has value. And it's important to me to show up and serve in this way or to show up and lead in this way or to show up and be supportive of a community, of an organization, to share my gifts, to share my talents, my skills so that I can shine, so that I can create space for other people to shine and so that I can have impact in whatever way I can in this certain situation. 
So before we dig into how to do that, how to become a better leader and how to show up in those impactful places and know what are the correct yeses, what are the best places to say yes to leadership, what are the places to say no to leadership that might not be the right fit right now, let's look at why we shy away from leading. Why do we often not step up? Why do we not take advantage of the opportunities that we have to shine in leadership? So there's four pieces to this. Let's start with number one. First off, leadership maybe hasn't been modeled to you. Female leadership and moms in leadership just generally hasn't been modeled a lot. So it's not just that it hasn't been modeled to you. It just hasn't been modeled a lot. We don't see women and moms in really high positions of leadership on a super routine basis. And so you might have a few women around you, perhaps your own mother, your mother-in-law, maybe your other people in your family, your sister-in-law, sister what have you, maybe your best friend, you might have some women around you who are total badass leaders. But that is the exception. That is not the norm. This is not what has been modeled to us within our generation at all. And so when we don't typically see women in positions of leadership and women taking charge and leading from the front of the boardroom table or the front of the organization, the front of the microphone, standing up on the stages, then we question whether we're qualified to do that. We question whether we know enough, whether we're smart enough, whether we're qualified enough, because it seems like it's so exceptional and extraordinary for a woman to be in that role. And this is how we've been conditioned to think that, hmm, well, I don't know, the guys all seem to have it figured out, so let's just let them do it. And that's often a very unconscious thought, but that's where we kind of unconsciously doubt ourselves. We're like, well, I've seen a lot of dudes do this really well, so maybe that just means that that's who's good at this. And for most of us at this point, I think that's an unconscious thought, but we have to consciously overcome this notion that like, I haven't seen the women around me do this, but that doesn't mean that I'm not qualified. That doesn't mean that my voice doesn't have value. That doesn't mean that I couldn't do this really, really well. So we have to look at how leadership and women in leadership and moms in leadership has not been modeled to us. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, 
possibility and joy. Some of that, especially for moms, it looks at times not just daunting, but downright impossible to carve out space for ourselves in those leadership positions because we look at what would be required, what is most important to us. And so I know for myself as a mom, when I think about carving out space for myself as a mom, I think, well, if I say yes to this opportunity, does it mean that I'm not going to be able to go to my kid's basketball game? Does it mean that I'm not going to be able to be there for pickup at the end of the day at school? Does it mean I'm not going to be at home to eat dinner with my family? And so I know for me, and I think for a lot of us, when we look at leadership, we think, well, what is the sacrifice going to be? And do I want to do that? And I haven't seen a lot of women around me doing that. What does it look like? What does it mean about me if I'm not at every game, if I'm not at every pickup and drop off, if I'm not at every family dinner? What does that mean? And sometimes we have really big stories around what that means because we haven't seen it very often. And we really discredit ourselves because we think that that decision to not be present for certain things would be such a missed opportunity potentially for us, for our kids, for our families. And we have a whole story around that and a whole narrative around like what a quote unquote good mom does. And so when we haven't seen a lot of women who routinely miss stuff as moms, then we are really hard on ourselves when we consider missing that stuff ourselves. And I know I've heard a lot of people talk, I've heard Brene Brown talk about this, like for her career to be what her career has been, she's had to miss a lot of things. She had to miss a lot of her daughter's swim meets and things like that. And that was like the price of admission for her to have the job that she has and for her to grow it to the level that she's grown it. And that was conscientious yeses and nos. It was conscientious times of saying like, yeah, I'm going to miss my kids swim meet and that's devastating or I'm going to miss these family times and is that worth it? And so when we haven't seen a lot of people around us do that or we've only seen people on the level of like Brene Brown doing it, we think like, is it okay? We question a lot of things around that. We question whether or not like, is that okay? Is it appropriate? Is that what a good mom does? And we have all these ideas around what a quote unquote good mom does And typically good moms don't miss family dinner. They don't miss sports stuff. They don't miss all these things, right? So it's this reframing that we have to do around how do we get to be both? How can we be a really freaking good mom and still lead? Or in this day and age, when so many things can be virtual, we can lead in a lot of ways and never have to leave our houses. (laughs) And so I know for me, I'm looking at post-pandemic, like how can I lead in ways where I don't have to leave my computer screen? I can still be at every sports game, at every pickup, because I can do a keynote speech from Zoom. (laughs) And so really looking at what is possible in spite of what has been modeled to us. Okay, so number two, the second reason we shy away from leading. We shy away from leading because people who look like us are not in leadership roles. So we doubt that we can pull it off. And so I want you to think about people who look like you. And I just use the example of moms. So we're all women listening to the show. Vast majority of us are moms. But we also look at if you're a single parent, what have you seen modeled? Have you seen yourself modeled in leadership? If you are a woman of color, have you seen yourself represented in leadership? If you are a woman with a disability, if you are a woman that fits into any category that is not typically represented in media and in the boardroom and in kind of in corporate America, then it's all the more challenging to see how you can fit in to those places and spaces. And so where do we find that? I know that I recently last month did an interview with Colleen Echohawk, who's running for mayor in Seattle, and she talked about 
the different ways that she has made space for herself as an indigenous woman to lead. And what a massive opportunity for her. And also what great courage, because like she said, she's the only indigenous female mayoral candidate to ever run for mayor in a large city. So that feels vulnerable and scary and uncomfortable because you are carving out your place in the world as you go and there's no one to follow. Now that said, oh my goodness, so many indigenous women now and moms have a model to see this is what it can look like. This is what it can look like when an indigenous woman steps into leadership, when she runs for a political office, when she runs at the head of a company or a nonprofit, when she advocates for change and all these different ways for policy, for policy among homeless populations and policy around policing in a city and policy around supporting small businesses after a pandemic. She talks about all of those different things. And so she's showing now what it looks like when a woman steps up to lead, when a mom steps up to lead, when an indigenous woman steps up to lead, all of these things. And so now we have this representation and other people can see that, oh, there's someone who looks like me. Other indigenous women can see there's someone who looks like me who's going after it. The other thing that happens is that when we don't see ourselves represented, then it's easy to assume that some of our biggest assets will actually be our downfall or will actually hold us back. And again, that goes to the stories that we tell ourselves. And so back to the example of motherhood, we think, well, being a mother and stepping into leadership actually makes it harder or actually puts me at a disadvantage. And the truth is, You gain so many skills in mothership that make you an amazing candidate for leadership because you are great at multitasking. You are great at prioritizing your use of time. You are great at showing up and faking energy when you have none because you have had to show up and live your life and go to work when you've had like zero sleep from with a sick kid or when you had a newborn or whatever the case may be. So we have these like massive skill sets that we have as moms that we don't even know that we have and we do not leverage them. And instead, we look at the ways that potentially this role as a mother or as a woman or as whatever the case may be, we look at how our specific roles might hold us back instead of looking at how those roles perfectly poise us to step into leadership. So I want you to really think about just because I don't see myself represented there and just because I have this narrative that it's gonna be harder for me or that I'm less qualified or that there are certain things that actually compromise my ability, I'm gonna shelve all of that because it might be total BS and instead I'm gonna change that narrative and decide and look for examples around how the truth is totally the opposite of what I previously thought. The truth is, is that I'm more qualified because I'm a mom. I'm more qualified because I'm a woman. I'm more qualified because I'm a person of color or because I have a disability. I'm more compassionate and empathetic and I have a much greater, deeper worldview and wider worldview because I know what it's like to go through hard things. I know what it's like to figure out really sticky situations and figure it out on a dime and make things work because that's what I've had to do over and over in my life. So that's number two, is people who look like us are not in leadership roles, so we doubt ourselves. We're gonna get over that, okay? Deal? Number three, the third reason that we shy away from leading is that we are living in an epidemic of perfectionism that tells us we are not qualified or quote unquote ready. 
Women are living in an epidemic of perfectionism where we constantly tell ourselves that we are not ready and that we need to do X, Y, Z in order to get ready. And usually doing X, Y, Z is like, I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to get Botox. I need to like update my wardrobe. It's all this like goofy stuff that means nothing. <laughs> like losing 10 pounds and getting Botox and having a cuter dress does not make you more qualified at all. But these are the stories we tell ourselves because this is what Instagram tells us. And this is what Glamour Magazine tells us. And this is what Facebook tells us. And this is what maybe our bosses have told us. And this is what maybe our parents have told us. This has been messaging that's been hammered into us over and over and over where we are constantly trying to get better at something because we think we are not good enough. And we think that we can't take the next step until we are good enough. But yet we never are good enough to get there because perfectionism will tell you every single day that you are not ready and that you are not good enough and that you need to do more and that you need to try harder and that you shouldn't take the next step just quite yet. And that is all a lie. Yet so many of us live in this cycle of perfectionism that we stay stuck in places that we don't want to be and we accept that complacency as kind of like, well, it is what it is. And we don't ever get to the place where things are really awesome. So I want you to think about the epidemic of perfectionism that you might be a part of. What does that look like for you? And then what do you want to do about that? Because I can tell you, for me, letting go of perfectionism was, a. I mean, it took like years of very small steps but holy cow, was it freeing. And this is not to say that I'm like completely recovered from perfectionism because it still shows up in a lot of different ways in my life. But there's been a lot of ways that I've been able to let go of things and let go of control and be really okay with things not working out the way I want them to. And it always is fine, by the way. And some examples. So in building out a podcast, and I had this when I built out my gym too. So when I built out my gym, I ultimately had to hire other people to do things for me, which was terrifying because I was like, no one can ever do it as good as me, except for that I got to this point where I was like, I can't do more. So if this business is going to grow, I have to hire other people. And really cool things happened when I hired other people because I had these amazing people come in who took amazing care of my clients. And these trainers that I ended up hiring in many cases, especially in the last couple of years, were better than me. They were so invested and so excited and they weren't burnt out like I was. And they loved what they were doing and they were could not wait to show up and serve. They were so good at what they were doing. And so what I learned in that experience was like, oh my gosh, there's other people that are just as good as you. And sometimes there's people who are better than you. And that's a great thing. Let them show up and be better than you. And the other thing I learned is that people are going to make mistakes on your watch and the world will still spin. And so plenty of people, if not everyone who's ever worked for me has made a mistake and it's never been that big of a deal. And I've made mistakes and it's all figure outable. I've made some bad choices. I've done some things that like sounded like a good idea in the moment and then they either cost me time or money or energy and it's still all worked out. Some of those mistakes were really costly. There's a couple things I can think of that cost me a lot of money that was very scary in the moment and I was able to figure it out. And so perfectionism will tell you, like, don't do it till you're perfect, until everything's ready, until you are good enough, quote unquote, good enough. And the reality is, is no matter what wrench gets thrown in your way, because wrenches will always get thrown in your way, it will be fine. You will be able to figure it out. So with the podcast, this happens 
somewhat regularly. I have people doing things for me in different capacities and something gets missed or overlooked or done the wrong way or like the wrong thing gets recorded and I label the file wrong, which recently happened. And you know what? The world doesn't fall apart. Like it's okay if something goes sideways every now and then. And so like, of course, it might be annoying or it might be a bummer. It might be frustrating. Sometimes it's just funny, but all of that is okay. And if I were to wait until I knew that every single thing would be perfect, this show and this platform and this community and this business would be like a tiny fraction of what it is now. So for me to do what I do, it is a constant practice of showing up imperfectly every day and knowing that I am good enough being very imperfect and that things are going to go sideways fairly routinely and that I'm always going to figure it out because I always have figured it out and I always will figure it out. That's just how the world works. And I can have a lot of calm and ease around that because I've practiced it over and over. I've practiced taking imperfect action and then being like, oh, huh, that didn't quite work out the way I thought. Let's try it this way next time. And that is how I've been able to start recovering from perfectionism in different areas of my business and then in different areas of my life. It, you know, the two blend quickly. When you start practicing in one area, it bleeds right into the next. So I want you to check yourself around this epidemic of perfectionism with it tells you that you're not qualified or ready. Where do you fall into that? Where are you letting that narrative run the show? And when are you going to stop? When are you going to call yourself out and change that narrative? If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. And then number four, the fourth reason that we are shying away from leadership and that women and moms shy away from leadership is that we assume that leadership means doing it all and being responsible for it all. Instead of seeing that leadership is actually an opportunity to bring ideas to the table and then delegate action to other people. Oh my goodness. I think that this, and this is connected to the perfectionism one. We think that leadership means that like, I'm going to have this idea and then I'm going to have to execute the whole thing. And that's going to be really hard and overwhelming and exhausting. And this came up in my life recently. I took on this leadership role and I was immediately very overwhelmed by it because I thought like, There's some things that come with this role that I really was unfamiliar with. And I was talking to someone else in this organization about it. And I said, I really don't. I said, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what I just signed up for. I think I might have gotten in over my head. I'm specifically feeling very 
finding this one piece really daunting. And she was like, oh my gosh, that part, she's not even like in this, in a leadership role in this organization with me, but she was like, oh my gosh, I'm really good at that. She's like, let me just come in and I'll do that whole piece for you because that's fun for me. And I was like, oh my God, you are an angel sent down from the heavens. Where did you even come from? But it was this really big moment for me that made me check myself because when I say yes to things, I, like you maybe, assume that if I'm going to do the thing, I have to do it all on my own. And that makes the yes feel so big and heavy sometimes. And what if the beauty of the yes is knowing that I have a certain gift, skill, or talent that I can bring to the table, and I'm going to assume that other people are going to be able to do other pieces of it so that I can come with the ideas and the vision if that's my job and my role and that other people can be there to execute because that's their role. That's their strength. And so, so often when we look at leadership, we think that we have to have every single piece figured out. And the reality is we only need to have certain components figured out. And then we can bring other people in with us who are so excited to figure out the other stuff. And so I know on my team, this comes up a lot where when we're using like new software or something and I get panicky, like I'm like, I don't understand it. I don't want to learn it. This just stresses me out. Like I hate learning new software so much. I immediately just go like I shut down. It's like if you tell me like you've heard me talk about my printer, like if I go to print something and the printer breaks, I'm like, let's just get a new printer because that's easier than trying to figure this whole broken printer situation out. So when I think things are going to be hard, or like I try to do something with technology, like learn new software, and I don't immediately grasp it, I just want to shut down and be like, never mind, we're not doing this. So what's been really great is on my team now, I can say, hey, I want to integrate this software. I don't want to be in charge of the software. And so then I'll have one or two people say like, hey, I know you've had experience with this, or this kind of thing is up your alley. Can you learn this? Can you get on chat with customer support? Can you figure this piece out? And then let me know what I need to know instead of me feeling like I have to lead in all the areas. So whether you are going to be the coach for your kid's soccer team or lead the PTA or lead in a volunteer position or lead in the office, recognize what are your strengths. Sign up for the things that will allow you to lead in your strengths and then assume that there will be support people who are eager to help you. I know that this happened just recently with my son's baseball team where we had like some of the dads were like, hey, this is what we can do. But like, we don't want to do this other stuff. And so then one of the moms and myself actually we were like, oh, well, we can do this other thing. And this and then there's this division of labor that's beautiful. And like, it all totally works out. And it doesn't have to be that the one person who said I want to be in one of these leadership roles at like the lead of the helm has to do every single thing. Okay. So those are the four ways that we shy away from leading. And I hope that seeing that allowed you to see the way that you could Check yourself so that you could actually step into leadership in more powerful ways and that you could lead in ways that feel good to you and ways that you actually want to lead so that leadership doesn't have to feel like this massive sense of responsibility or this overwhelmingly daunting experience, but instead it can feel like, oh, I'm going to step right into a role that was made for me to shine, that was made for me to share my biggest gifts and strengths, that was made for me to have impact in ways that will feel amazing to me and serve other people at the same time. So as a reminder, the ways that we shy away from leading, number one, leadership hasn't been modeled to us. Number two, people who look like us are not in leadership roles. So we have self-doubt that we can actually pull it off. Number three, we're living in an epidemic of perfectionism that tells us we're not qualified or ready. And number four, we assume that leadership means doing it all and being responsible for it all. 
and we don't see leadership as an opportunity to bring ideas to the table and then delegate the action, okay? If this was helpful, please share it out. I want this series to get to as many moms as possible this summer so we can have many more moms stepping into leadership and shining like a mother. Next week, I will be back for steps one through four of how to become a better leader. The week after that will be steps five through eight of how to become a better leader. And then the fourth week of the month, we will be talking about owning your struggles and your stories in order to step into leadership. Thank you for being here today. And I will be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.